0: we're going to get into this today and it's extremely important broadcast. That's why I asked you to share because what, what I'm going to talk about today, something that needs to be said, needs to be, uh, no question, needs to be dealt with because there's such an error in thinking about it, not to mention you go beyond error and get into manipulation of God's people. You can get into manipulation and so I'm going to explain this and break it down for you. You saw the title uh, of the broadcast today. Uh, does a season or do seasons govern your blessing? Do seasons govern your blessing? That's the the question that we're going to tackle on today's broadcast. I'm going to show you some things from the scripture and I want to talk about the misunderstanding of this thought process and then I also want to talk about the abuses of this thought process and show you what the Bible really teaches for a New Testament believer, somebody that's in covenant with Jesus Christ I want to talk about that today. So, uh let's let's jump into this. What is meant by that phrase, my blessing is governed by seasons? Well, you know, if you listen, if you were to listen to anybody um that talks about this, you know, you may hear things preached or taught um regarding this, you know, it's your season to be blessed. Right now, this is my season. I'm stepping into my season. You've probably heard terms like this in the past. And this I mean I'm just in a season of increase right now. God's just blessing me. There's just a season of blessing going on in my life. Or you might might even hear somebody having prophesied it, you know. You're stepping into a season of increase and a season of blessing. And while I don't disagree with with the fact that somebody may be able to step into a season of increase or blessing, of course, let's just say it this way. We're this year in 2020. What are we confessing? We're believing for violent increase and expedited favor. And so we're believing that the year of 2020 is going to be a year of violent increase and expedited favor. In this season of 2020, that's what we're confessing and believing. However, let me let me show you something that I do not believe. okay? So let's just, let's just break down what we're confessing so that you know because we've been confessing this since October. So let's compare this, what, what we're doing right now, with what how others would use this time or season, is that we have started by, I heard the Lord speak to me, start confessing this, start declaring this with the people. And so we did. 2020, a year of violent increase, expedited favor. Now, let's ask the question, is 2020 a year that encapsulates violent increase and expedited favor so that... Once we moved into 2021, there's no more opportunity for violent increase and expedited favor. No, I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. Or we were in 2019 where there was no violent increase available. There was no expedited favor available. But the moment we crossed over into 2020, violent increase, you know, it's like by midnight on January the 1st, violent increase and expedite. No, I don't believe that either. I don't believe that either. I'm going to show you why from the word of God. But you have to understand that there are people that will teach and preach that the seasons, and whether they call them prophetic seasons or or whatever they might be, the seasons that you're navigating will determine how blessed you are or how blessed you're not is incorrect scripturally for the New Testament believer. It's incorrect. It's not scriptural. And it's limiting God's power and most importantly, It's limiting his written word, his holy written word. And I'm going to explain that to you today. And so we're going to talk about misunderstanding of it, but I also want to get into the the manipulation or using that thought process to manipulate God's people because it's done so often and it ticks me off to see people manipulating God's children most of the time for financial gain by using this thought process As leverage if you will and and I want to talk about that I was I'll start with a story because it'll help illustrate my point I was called to do some um, television shows and uh, on on major networks and so when I uh, when I went to the studio I flew in and I went to the studio um, where we were going to be filming the taping for these television networks When I got there, I had already had a word that God put in my heart uh, to speak on television. And when I got there, you know, they get you into the dressing room. They want to, uh, the producers want to talk to you. They want to do whatever, TV makeup, all that stuff. And so I'm sitting there just kind of meditating on what the Lord spoke to me to preach and to teach uh, on the air when I got on television. And uh, the producer comes in. And uh, of course, they, they want you, they always want you to uh, raise money of some sort for the network or for the television station. And so they come in, uh, you know, at first curious, well, what do you, what do you feel like you're going to do for the, uh, you know, to, to uh, ask people to give on, and, and when I had planned to do that for them. And so they came in, what do you think you you plan to do blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, I'll probably just, uh, you know, I'll, and I gave what I, what the, the Lord spoke to me to do. And it was during a time, by the way, uh, the time that I was at the TV station, it was during a time when uh, (laughs) we were in one of the Jewish feasts and it was actually the Feast of Tabernacles. And uh, so the guy comes in and he goes, well, here's what I want you to do. Um, I want you to let the people know that uh, they need to get their seed in the ground before the Feast of Tabernacles is over because there's a special blessing that comes uh, on their seed you know when they sow it during the feast of tabernacles. You know this is like what he's telling me in the in the in the dressing room. You know you need to make sure that you know you can preach whatever you want, but just let the people know on the air that you know if they need you know and, and what are they going to put like a countdown clock. They need to get their seed in the ground uh, before this Feast of Tabernacles comes to an end because there's a special uh, increase that comes upon uh, God's people and their seed when they get that seed in during the Feast of Tabernacles. And in, inwardly, I'm like rolling my eyes. Like, you got to be kidding me, man. You got to be kidding me with this. And so, you know, one of, the, one of the most dangerous things you can do is to tell a Shuttlesworth to do something that he doesn't want to do because what ends up happening is that we will normally do the exact opposite of whatever it is you've asked us to do. So, literally, he wanted me to, to craft my message to kind of give it this bent that the people who are watching, you you need, and, and preach in such a way that they they were to come to the understanding that if they don't get their seed in the ground, by the time the Feast of Tabernacles is over, then the blessing that they would receive for sowing their seed would be missed. You understand? So what he's doing is he's using this season of the Feast of Tabernacles in a way to leverage people to give and to sow seed in that moment, which, by the way, is not scriptural. I mean, like, you'll not find that anywhere in the New Testament, anywhere. So now now let me show you this. So here's what I did. (laughs) This is what I did. So I went, as soon as I got the microphone, I went to the pulpit. I was live on the air. You know, I'm live. It's not a taping. It's live. So there's nothing they could do. And I said, everybody turn in your Bible to um, the first Psalm, Psalm 1. And let's read three verses of scripture, Psalm 1 verses 1 through 3. And this is what I, this is what I read uh, live on the air. I said, this is what the Bible says. Um, oh the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Now look, here's here's what I here's what I got and read on live on the air. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season in each season, meaning every season, their leaves will never wither and they'll prosper in all they do. And then I went on to preach a message on how you don't need any season to be blessed, that God has a blessing planned and prepared for you in every single season of your life. Every single season of your life, God has blessing prepared for you. So, Brit's asking, I totally understand what you're saying. What's the difference between sowing seed during a specific time? For instance, we're gonna start at the end of this fast because because of the season of this fast. And and answer, so for those that are watching on YouTube that can't see her comment or Periscope or those that are listening to the podcast, let me read the whole question from Britt. She's saying, um, I, I totally understand what you're saying, but what's the difference in sowing a seed during a specific time? For instance, I know we are going to sow a large seed at the end of this fast, because of the season of this fast. And let me answer that question for those that are watching or listening. There is no difference between sowing a seed before the fast starts, after the fast is over, during the fast. Seed sowing is a principle that God established that he honors when you step out in faith and sow the seed. So your seed sowing is not affected by fasting in any way, shape or form. You'll not find that. That's, that's not how God operates. So, you know, if that was the case, you know, if God blessed seed sowing more during fasting and prayer, then no one should ever sow a seed without first fasting and praying. No one should ever be sowing if they're not fasting. And that's, that's not what the Bible teaches. In fact, when Jesus taught on these three subjects in Matthew chapter six, he taught on when you pray, when you fast, and when you give. But there's nothing in the New Testament to ever teach us that we have to couple our seed sowing with fasting or else it won't be as fruitful. Now, I'm not negating fasting. Obviously, we're fasting now. We should fast. We should pray and we should give. But there's no season of sowing that is greater than another, in my opinion. You won't find that in the New Testament. You'll not find it. Because understand this, when God sets up a principle, the principle is active. So you would have to say that there are times, and this is why I said at the beginning of the broadcast, people that believe that seasons govern their blessing, are ext- minimal. they're minimizing the power of God's word. Because God's word is what sets these things into motion nothing else god's word is what established seed time and harvest nothing else a man didn't establish it god's word established it the holy spirit by inspiration established seed time and harvest and the bible says that as long as the earth remains okay genesis 8:22 as long as the earth remains that's the entire season of the existence of the earth as long as the earth remains you'll read the scripture, there'll be summer and winter, cold and heat, seed time and harvest. It's a never-ending season that God has created. So I want you to understand that there, though there are those who would try to manipulate this to get people to give now or give more, it it's not scriptural. God blesses those who obey his word, who obey his word. The problem is the reason that, The reason that people have to go to such lengths to manipulate people into giving is because most Christians are such sucky givers. Most Christians don't give, they suck at giving. That's why most Christians aren't blessed and and living in abundance. And that's why guys that are manipulative have have had to figure out ways to like coax people into giving so that enough money comes, comes in to keep the television stations afloat. It's because most people, it's like I was just at a church not long ago where they were like having to heavily coax and encourage people to give $20. It's like $20. You know, they're like like having to sit there. I'm telling you, now's the time. Somebody get down here with $20. I need people to give $20. And they're sitting there for an hour asking people to give $20. It's like, give me a break. $20? I spend three times that in the Taco Bell drive-thru. That's not a significant seed. That means nothing to my flesh. That means nothing to me as a person. You know, for people to give $20, and don't tell me that it means anything to anybody in the United States of America because it doesn't. You have people on welfare that are wearing $200 pairs of shoes, watching television and Netflix on 75-inch inch televisions, flat screens, with surround sound. You know, so so don't tell me, um, don't tell me $20 is a seed, you know, that it's like, is not a seed to anybody that means anything, trust me. And you know how I know? Because people do much more for themselves than they do for God. Much more for themselves. There might be a rare case, but I doubt it. There might be a very rare case where $20 is a significant seed, but you'd have to be in an extreme poverty tax bracket for that to mean something to you. Because you know as well as I do. If you go through the lives of most Americans, they're not in debt because they're going through hard times. They're in debt and in a problem where they don't have enough money because they live above their means. All you have to do is watch some of the counseling that people like Dave Ramsey do online or on their show, and you can clearly see people go beyond their means And they're not, they don't use wisdom. They don't use uh, biblical principles to govern their life. And so they're in credit card debt, all these other things, not because they're going through hard times, but because they simply want it now and don't have the money to pay for it, but they buy it anyway. And now they struggle and then they have to give God a $10 to $20 seed because they've put themselves into debt. And it's ridiculous. people, People put themselves first over God and then wonder why they're not blessed. They put themselves first. They'll go on vacations that cost $3,000. They'll buy bass boats to go fishing. They have all the newest hunting equipment and hunting gear. They'll go out and do all the stuff they want to do. They'll buy motorcycles and cars and they'll do everything they want to do. They'll go out to eat every night of the week, but then they'll give God a $10 to $20 seed. I wonder why they're not blessed. It's not because you're going through hard times. It's because you've not prioritized God. You've not prioritized God. And you can't convince me in the United States of America, you can't, you just can't convince me that $20 is a seed that means anything to anybody. It doesn't, it doesn't, unless you're like seven years old. I'm just telling you, you cannot look at this culture in America and and somehow expect me to believe. And so that's what people do. So because, because Christians are such poor givers at large, you know, you, you understand like Literally less than 10% of the church at large even tithes. And that's not even giving. That's just tithing. So like literally 90% of the church body is riding on the 10% of people that are willing to give. That's how poor it is. So, and it has nothing to do with the fact Christians don't have money. It's the fact that they've refused to have money for God. So what do people have to do? They have to find ways to manipulate God's people into giving, and so they have to find ways to like leverage the time. You got to get this seed in the ground. You've you've seen these guys. I mean, like you've watched these guys. You got to get this seed in the ground while we're in this feast of tabernacles. Now's the time. Don't miss your opportunity. Sow your seed right now. You're going to miss out on the feast of tabernacles. It's like ridiculous, and people are out of their minds, and and many of them will go to hell because. Not only are they lying to God's people, but number two, many of them aren't even living right. And so this stuff doesn't just happen. People with integrity don't do those kinds of things. And so if you have a lack of integrity in one area, most likely you're going to have a lack of integrity in other areas. And so I would be very, I would be very, um, I'd be scared to handle God's systems and God's finance with such fl- with such a flippant nature. And you'll you'll hear it all the time. If you've been around the church world for any any amount of time, you I'm sure on television somewhere you've heard this that there's this this is the season to sow. Every season's a season to sow. If you think that every th- season's not a season to sow, you don't understand the word of God. You don't understand the word of God. In fact, prophecy teaches That in the last days, the plowman will overtake the reaper, which means that while you're reaping, you'll be sowing at the same time. It's constant. It's constant. That's how it works. Seed time and harvest never end. It's not a season that just pops up once in a while. It's time. It's your season to be blessed. Let's go to the word because I want to show you some things from scripture. I just read to you Psalm 1 that people who delight themselves in the laws of the Lord, seed time and harvest is a law of God. It's a law, and when you delight yourself in that law, good morning, Pam, love you, when you delight yourself in the law of God, then guess what happens? Then the Bible says you'll be like a tree planted by the river bank that will bear fruit in every season. Your leaves will never wither. You'll prosper in all you do, in all you do, and so I want to show you some things from the word of God, you know, it has nothing to do with a season, you know, (laughs) It blows my mind. You know, Yes, I'm confessing that God's gonna do great things in this season of 2020, but that doesn't mean that they're limited to 2020. That's what I want you to understand. You say, well, if you don't believe that, then how come you're confessing for blessings during this season? Because God can bless you in every season. And that's why we're confessing and believing and taking action so that we can receive the blessings of God in this season. But trust me when I tell you, they're not limited to this season. What do you think? You think, um, yeah, Samson, what about the one who just gave a coin? First of all, you're going to go back to a widow who lived in the Middle East 2,000 years ago and compare that to modern day America, which is what I was talking about in context. It doesn't compare. A widow living in the Middle East in 2,000 years ago does not compare at all to somebody living in the United States of America in 2020, where there's so much opportunity and so much government assistance that most people... Do you realize the poorest people that live in America right now, in the United States of America, are living far better than the richest people in most nations. Living far better than those that are even considered, which many nations don't even have a middle class, but living far better than those even in middle class in most nations. This is a blessed nation. So I'm not speaking Samson about all the nations of the world right now. I'm speaking about America and how Americans give and what they do in church. And it's ridiculous. So understand this. I want you to read I want you to see this one scripture with me in Proverbs 4:18 because it shows you God's nature and his desire for you and for me. Listen to this because this, this will help you understand God's plan. Look, Proverbs 4:18, we read this all the time. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. So God is saying through the writer of Proverbs that the path of every believer, every now there weren't believers in Christ back then, but there were believers in God, Jehovah, and those that obeyed his laws. So understand the path of the just, according to scripture, is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter, which means your path should continually get get brighter and brighter every single year of your life. You should never diminish. Psalm 1, your leaves will never wither. You should never diminish. You should never be less than you were last year. That means you missed instructions somewhere. It means you missed direction somewhere. It means that you missed God's plan at some point in your life. I'll explain that in a minute. But Proverbs 4.18 tells us the path of the just is a shining light that shines brighter and brighter. That means increase. It means never ending increase. Let me just tell you something. If I get to the end of 2020 and it was a worse year than 2019, I seriously missed some instructions from the Lord. I seriously missed it. it and let me tell you, it would ha- it will have nothing to do with the fact that 2020 is just not the season to be blessed like 2019 was. It will have nothing to do with that. Absolutely nothing. It will have everything to do with the fact that I missed instructions from the Holy Spirit that were going to take me into my blessing. I missed direction, I missed the plan of God, I wasn't listening to the Holy Spirit, or I heard him and I didn't obey his his commands and take action. If 2020, for me, or any believer, turns out to be less blessed than 2019, it is not because it was God's plan to bless you less in 2020. It has everything to do with the fact that you didn't listen to the instructions of the Holy Spirit. I want to prove that to you, even from Old Testament scripture. Listen to what God said in Isaiah 48 and verse 17. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God, who teaches you to profit, P-R-O-F-I-T, to profit, to walk into gain, increase, and I lead you in the way you should go. So catch this with me. If there's ever a time where people are less blessed than the year they were before, it's funny to me to see numbers dropping on, on the viewers, because if I were to get on here and say, I got a special word for you on a season that's getting ready to take place, we'd be at like 200 live viewers right now. People want to get in. What's this new season that I can jump into? Because that's how people think. That's the way that, that, that Christians' minds, Western Christians' minds, have been trained to think I got to find a new season. I got to find a new revival. I got to find a new move. I got to find, instead of just believing the word of God and acting on it, that's all you got to do. And the Holy Spirit says that he will lead you in the way you should go and teach you to profit. He didn't say in a certain season. He said, I'm the Lord, your God, the Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, and I teach you to profit and I lead you in the way that you should go. That doesn't end. The Holy Spirit is your guide. He is your guide. Let me show you something. Let me show you what really, I'm getting ready to drop this on you, what really determines your season. And what season you're in in life. I want to show you. Hey, Ashley. I want to show you what really determines your season in life. Listen to this. Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14. Listen to this. And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth and all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. And then you read down through verse 14 and he lists every single blessing that will come on his people. Now, keep in mind, as we're going to go through this for a second, keep in mind, this is a lesser covenant that I'm reading to you. It's a lesser covenant than what we have today with Jesus Christ. It is not as good. It's not even as close to as good as what we have today. Hebrews chapter eight and verse six, the Bible says, we have a better covenant that is established upon better promises. Better It's better than Abraham, better than Moses, better than David, better than Elijah, better than Elisha, better than Solomon. It's better. What we have is far better through Jesus Christ. So what I'm reading to you right now is what was available to people under a worse covenant than what we have. Listen to, let me read verses one and two again, because they are the key to get you to understand this. And I want you to write it in the comments. Seasons. Don't govern my blessing. I want you to write it by faith in the comments. Seasons don't govern my blessing. Obedience does. Pop that in the comments and never, ever forget it. Seasons don't govern my blessing. Obedience does. Nothing is higher than the mighty word of God. Put it in the comments. Seasons don't govern my blessing. Obedience does. Let me read those verses again because they're so vital to God's people. And if, because remember, before I read this, remember, this is a book of covenants, not a book of promises. This is a book of covenants, not a book of promises. What does that mean? A book of covenants means that if you'll do your part, God will do his part. If you will do your part, God will do his part. There's my friend, Pastor Bill Motley. Love you. So listen, let me read these two verses again. And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Verse two, and all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Look how many ifs are in those two verses. Isn't that crazy? How many ifs? Which shows you it's not a sure thing, it's based on your obedience to the word. Let me show you the ifs. If you faithfully obey, if you're careful to do all his commandments, and if you obey the voice of the Lord your God, again, repeated in verse number two. Three ifs in two verses. If you faithfully obey, if you're careful to do all his commandments, if you faithfully obey, then what will happen? He'll set you on high above all the nations of the earth. I love this. Now let's read some of these things. Let's read some of these things that are seasonless, <laughs> seasonless. This is not based on a season. It's based on your obedience. Let's, let's read it. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground and the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your herds and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before you. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways." The Lord will command the blessing on you in your barns and in all that you undertake. And he will bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways and all the peoples of the earth shall see that you're called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will make you abound in prosperity in the fruit of your womb and in the fruit of your livestock and the fruit of your ground within the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. Verse 12, the Lord will open to you his good treasury, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations and you'll not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail and you shall only go up and not down, hallelujah, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, being careful to do them. Verse 14, and if you do not turn aside from any of the words that I command you today to the right hand or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. You see that? All of those blessings come upon people who are just faithful To obey the mighty word of God when he commands you. First of all, the written word of God. You can't contradict the written word with your life and expect God to bless you. It has nothing to do with the season that you're in, prophetic season that you're in. And it has everything to do. Let, Let me ask you a question. And I want you to answer in the comments. I want you to answer yes or no in the comments. Do you think that you could literally faithfully obey God's written word and his commands to you personally and not be blessed because it's not your season? Do you honestly believe that? Do you believe you can obey the written word and God's instruction or his spoken word to you personally? You could obey both and literally not be blessed because it's not your season. If you believe that, write yes. If, if you don't believe it, write no. I want you to put it in the comments. Do you believe that you could faithfully obey the written word and the spoken word and God not bless you because it's not your season? I want to know if you believe that. And I want you to put it in the comments. Yeah. Look at all these people writing no. Because no is the correct answer. No is the correct answer. No, I, well, you know, it's, no, 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 that's right. Everyone's writing no. And that's right. You're wonderful students of the word. That's correct. It's impossible. It would be impossible for any believer to faithfully obey the written word and faithfully obey the spoken word or the instructions for your personal life and not be blessed because it's not your season. So almost you know almost no one's going to believe that. But let me go further. Let me ask you this question. <clears throat> do you believe? Do you believe that you could obey? Now here's where people get confused and tangled up. Do you believe that you could obey the written word and obey the spoken word to you and get blessed but not be as blessed as you would be if you were in your season see because here's here's where people here's where people really get tripped up well you know i know you can obey the word and god's voice and you'll get blessed but when you get into your season man you're really blessed i mean that's when god starts pouring it on because it's your season you honestly believe that because let me explain something to you if you believe that you could obey the written word faithfully and obey his spoken word to you, that's, that's the direction the Holy Spirit gives you about your personal life. If you believe you could obey those two things faithfully and then not be as blessed as you were if you were in your season, then what you're doing, let me show you what that thought process did, not you personally, but a person who believes like that, what they're doing is minimizing the power of God's written word And they're minimizing the power of God's spoken word, the Holy Ghost. They're saying that there needs to be another element to help or assist God's written word or his spoken word so that you can be fully blessed. Well, you know, we do have God's written word and, you know, we do have the Holy Spirit who teaches us all things, but... What we need is to get those, but then have those two things supplemented by our season. It's like, what is this nebulous season that everybody talks about that you can jump into your season? Can I I show you something? Because it's important to know this. When we talk about seasons that people get blessed in, what determines, you know, Let me show you something that'll help you. It may look like, it may look like somebody got into a season of blessing. And that's what it will look like if somebody goes from not obeying God's word into obeying God's word. Or if somebody finally recognizes and realizes their calling or their purpose from the Holy Ghost, and maybe through a time of fasting and prayer. Because here's what can happen that confuses people. Somebody is just kind of living a normal life, just getting by, and all of a sudden they're inspired by their pastor or somebody, a ministry gift, whatever, whatever's going on in the body. They're inspired maybe to get into a time of fasting and prayer, and so they do. They fast and they pray, and during that time of fasting and prayer, they get a word from the Holy Ghost they get their direction for life or they get their calling or purpose, what they know now. I heard the voice of God during a time of fasting and prayer, and now I know what I'm supposed to do with my life. Well, when they then step in and begin to do what the Holy Spirit is telling them to do, God, their life will begin to flourish. Their life will, I mean, blessing will begin to abound in their life, and from the outside, we might we might point our finger and say, Man, that person just stepped into their season of blessing. That person, man, that person just stepped into their season of increase. But it wasn't because they got into some nebulous season of increase. It's because they heard the direction of the Holy Ghost. It's because they understood what they should do with their life. And and, and understand, that's why I always say the written word and the spoken word. Because As New Testament Pentecostal believers, we are not just guided by the written word, we're guided by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that when Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, he would lead us and guide us into all truth, which includes the truth for your life. Show me a scripture in the Bible where a writer of an epistle or a gospel tells you what you're supposed to do as a career. Show me a verse of scripture that tells you personally the person you're supposed to marry. No, you're not going to find it in the written word. How do you get those things? By the leading of the Holy Spirit as he speaks to you. He leads you and guides you into all truth. That is just the New Testament version of Isaiah forty-eight seventeen. I am the Lord, your God, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel that teaches you to profit and leads you in the way you should go. So understand, it might look like Oh, he just jumped into his season of blessing, season of favor. It's not, that's not, that's not what's happening. What's actually happening is that they heard the voice of the Holy Spirit and now they're obeying it. That's why I said you have to obey this written word and obey the spoken word. I like what Pastor Bill Motley is saying in the comments. Your seed determines your season. That is exactly what the word teaches. Your seed determines your season. Every action you take as a believer is a seed. every It's not just what you sow financially. Your words are a seed. Your actions of obedience are a seed. The way you walk in love is a seed. Everything you release from your life is a seed. And your seed determines your season. Your seed determines your season. So watch this. If the Holy Spirit began to speak to me and tell me to do something that was attached to my purpose or my calling, and I just decided, you know what? That sounds like a hard thing, man. I'm I'm, I'm not going to step out and do that. I I just don't think I can. I I don't think it's the time. I don't think it's right. I'm not going to do it. What am I doing? I am refusing, actually, uh, not just refusing to sow a seed of faith, I'm actually sowing a seed of fear, a seed of doubt a seed of unbelief. And what will, what will what will end up happening to me? I'll reap a harvest that comes from fear, doubt, unbelief. That's what'll happen. And then people might look at my life and say, man, it's just not his season right now. No, that has nothing to do with it. It has to do with the fact that my seeds are determining my harvest. So if the Holy Spirit speaks to me to do something, and he's speaking to every one of us, by the way, He's not just speaking to pastors, evangelists, apostles, prophets, teachers, no. He speaks to every believer. And if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and you decide to not obey the voice of the Holy Spirit, you cannot expect, that's a great confession, Mama. Mama wrote in the comments, every day is my season. And that's what it should be for the faithful. That's exactly what it should be for the faithful. You should be able to get out of bed in the morning and declare today is my season of blessing again today is my season of blessing again why because my my actions or my seeds of obedience have never ended my seeds of obedience are never ending so my season of blessing is never ending you know when we when we talk like that sometimes when people they they confine their blessing to a season it's limiting because you know you you begin to think to yourself well when is the season coming to an end when when am i going to have to when is my when is my season coming to an end and just remember every action of obedience sparks a new season of blessing every action of obedience sparks a new season of blessing that's why it's never ending that's why there's no end you're not in your season or out. it has nothing to do with that it's the seed you sow by obedience and faith that puts you in a place of overwhelming blessing. I don't care how many people prophesy over you, 2020 is your season. Because you know there's people that do that. There's actually people that will get on either social media or they'll get on television or whatever, and they'll start to prophesy over the entire body of Christ. I came to tell you this is your C-2020, is your season of blessing. It's not going to be everybody's season of blessing. You know why? Not everybody in the body is willing to obey faithfully the word written and the word spoken to them. Some of them aren't even praying enough to hear the voice of the Lord. And so it's not that they're just not obeying it, they don't even hear it. They don't even hear what the Holy Ghost is saying to them. So how can you be blessed if you don't even have an instruction? You know, it's one thing to get in your car and say, I'm gonna go somewhere that I've never been before and have a destination where you want to go it's one thing to put on Google Maps on your phone and hit start, but then every time um, your phone tells you to make a turn, you disregard it and say, no, I don't, I, you don't know what I need to do. I'm going to keep on going straight. And so you disregard instruction. You'll never get to your destination. But it's a whole nother thing to get in the car to try to get somewhere you've never been before and not use Google Maps and just say, I hope I end up there. I'm just going to start driving and hopefully I end up at that destination. That's the two things that happen to believers. Either number one, they're on their way trying to do what they're called to do and the Holy Spirit is speaking and they're rejecting his instructions and his direction or number two, they're they're going through their life and they're not even in tune with the Holy Ghost and so they don't even hear the instructions of the Spirit. They're too carnal to hear the Spirit. So what ends up happening? They don't end up in their destination and people say, you know, well, it must not be their season. No, it has nothing to do with that. God has a way. God has a plan. Let me, let me show you this. Go to, listen, another Old Testament scripture that blows people's minds. Job 36, 11. Job 36, 11. Listen to this. If they would only listen and serve him, that is God, they would spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. If they would only obey and serve God, obey and serve God, obey and serve God, what would happen? They'd spend their days in prosperity, not a season. All of their days would be spent in prosperity. All of their years would be spent in blessings or pleasures, the Bible says. Imagine that. Nothing would stop your prosperity. Nothing would stop the pleasures that flood your life just from obeying and serving God. Let me show you Isaiah chapter one and verse 19. You should know this one by heart. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Look, look at same two prerequisites, willing and obedient. Who are we obeying? God and his written word, God and his spoken word. If I'm willing to do it, and I'm obedient to do it, I'll eat the best. I will have the best in the land because of my willingness to obey. You see that? It's supernatural. It's supernatural. They'll spend their days in prosperity and their years in contentment. It's supernatural, man. You can't, look at the New Testament. I mean, same thing is true in the New. It's the same principle in the New, except with better promises. Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will just be added unto you. They'll just be added. Just be added unto you if you'll seek the kingdom first. What is that? Obeying and serving God. Seek the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will just be what? Added unto you. Just be added. That's how it works. Look at the gospel of John. Gospel of John chapter 14 and verse 21. Look at this. Whoever, this is Jesus speaking, by the way. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And then I will love him and manifest myself to him. John 14, 21. So notice what Jesus is saying. Anybody who loves me will obey my commandments and then my father and I will love that person and I will personally manifest myself to that person. Let me tell you, when Jesus manifests himself in your life, you will be abundantly and overwhelmingly blessed. How because how does he manifest himself? He manifests himself as healer, he manifests himself as the one who gives peace, he manifests himself as deliverer, he manifests himself as provider. He man, you just go on through the list. Everything that Jesus does gets manifested to you supernaturally. And as a result, guess what? You'll be abundantly blessed. But what was the prerequisite in John 14, 21? Anyone who has my commandments and keeps them, obeys them. It's proof they love me. And because they love me, I'll love them and I'll manifest myself to them. It's the same in the New Testament as well as the Old. There's no season governing your blessing. What is governing your blessing is your personal obedience to the word of God. It is your personal obedience to the word of God. Any questions? I mean, as I'm writing, as I'm teaching this, if you have any questions, I'm happy to answer questions uh, that people, because I know people have heard differently. I know people have heard uh, the exact opposite of this probably throughout most of their charismatic Pentecostal life in Christ. And we're going to take the time because see, if you don't properly understand this, you can be manipulated. I was watching Christian television. This is what the guy literally said. He said, anybody that calls right now and sows a $66 seed, you will step into a six month healing anointing. He literally said that on national television, probably international. Well known. If I said his name, you would know exactly 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 who I'm talking about. Anybody that calls right now and sows a $66 seed, you will step into a six-month healing anointing. That is demonic. To say that phrase is demonic. It is heretical. To say say that makes you a heretic. To, To actually teach, do you realize... Let me tell you how demonic it is to say something like that to God's people. Simon the sorcerer in Acts chapter 8 got got saved after listening to Philip preach. He used to be a sorcerer and he used to amaze people with his magic and then he heard the gospel, believed it, saw the miracles, signs, and wonders, believed the gospel. The Bible says he was saved, baptized in water, and followed after the apostles But when he saw the power of the Holy Ghost in action, when Peter and John started laying their hands on believers to be filled with the Holy Ghost, he said to them, let me pay you money so that I may have this same power. And he was rebuked. And do you know what was told him after he was saved? Satan has filled your heart. Satan has filled your heart. That can't happen to a believer. He literally lost his salvation by trying to pay to buy with money the blessings of God. You can't buy the Holy Ghost with money. You can't buy healing with money. You can't. You cannot. And for someone to get on television and say, if you'll sow $66 right now, a six-month healing anointing will come upon your life. First of all, to limit the redemptive healing power of Jesus Christ to a six month time limit is a slap in the face to Jesus Christ himself. That is a slap in the face to the crucifixion of Christ, his burial, his resurrection as he purchased eternal healing for his body. He purchased eternal healing for his body. And so to infer, not just to infer, but to directly say on television or to anyone, even even if you said it one person to one person, if you'll sow $66, a six-month healing anointing, that is one of the most demonic and heretical things you could say. First of all, to to infer that you could buy the power of God with money. And number two, that you would limit the eternal healing power of Christ to a six-month period is ridiculous and stupid. And it all stems, let me tell you where it stems from because I've been around long enough to know. It stems from people overextending themselves in their ministry and they're in financial pressure more than anyone could ever understand. Millions of dollars are due, you know, all these things they have to do and they cannot get people to give to them And so they have to come up with manipulative ways to get people to sow seed. I'm just telling you, that's exactly what happens, and it's demonic. It's a lie, and God will end up judging His own servants. I don't judge them because they're not my servants. That's why I don't mention their names, or 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 even attempt to talk to them personally because it's not my business. They're not my. It's another man's servant. The Bible says they're not my servant. They're God's servant. And so they will answer to God, not to me. But I'm talking to you about the principle so that you're never duped by a a principle that is incorrect and it's not scriptural and it's heretical. And so I want you to understand this. You'll you'll hear things like that, but it's not of God and it's not in the Bible. You won't find it. Do you know you never have to sow $316 to unlock the blessings of John 3.16, ever ever. Isn't it funny when people do that kind of stuff? If you'll sow $316 right now to unlock the true power of John 3.16, isn't it interesting they never do (laughs) $3.16? It's always $316 to unlock John 3.16. It's like, bro, you're a heretic. Complete heretic. And it's because people have to manipulate in order to stay afloat that's why i don't do that i give people a faith target if you want to do it do it if you don't want to do it don't do it it's not up to it's not up to you anyway first of all my personal blessing and the blessing of this ministry is not based on other people it's based on god god is the provider god's the provider not not anyone else you'll be blessed when you give if you sow into this ministry or other ministries you'll be blessed because of it Giving is there for your benefit. It's there for you. you are, I'm, not your, I'm not your provider. God is your provider. He is your provider. So when you sow, let's say you sow today into this ministry, God will be your provider. He's the one that will actually take your seed, multiply it, and give you a harvest back that's more than you could ever imagine based on your obedience, based on your faithfulness. It doesn't come from me, it comes from God. And here's the good news. My blessing is not based upon you. It's based upon God. He's my provider. He is my provider. And I'll say this, and I, and I didn't understand this early on, but I understand it now, that if every person that watches these broadcasts made up their mind, I'm not going to give another dollar to Miracle Word Ministries. My ministry would function just as it always has, never miss a beat, never lose a step. Not one child overseas that's being fed every day would miss a meal because people are not my blessing, nor are people my source. God is my source. Literally, God is my blessing. If every person said, we're no longer going to give to Miracle Word Ministries, God would pull some corporation in that says, hey, we, we wanted to get a tax credit and we felt to give you uh, $5 million. God would do it. You know, did, did, let me ask you a question. Did God need people? to bless Elijah with food during the time of a famine and drought? Or did God just sit Elijah next to a brook called Kareth and have ravens bring him morsels of meat and bread? God didn't need any person to come and bless Elijah. Not one person. He didn't need anybody. He actually had ravens (laughs) bring morsels of meat and bread and he fed him with that and gave him to drink cool, clean water from the brook. So if every person, you know, that was in a time where they wanted to kill prophets. People were, I mean, Jezebel and Ahab wanted to kill Elijah. So listen, if every person on the earth, it wouldn't matter. It would not matter because they're not your source. They're not my source. God is our source. And the Bible's very clear. God alone is the one who decides who will rise and who will fall, Psalm 75, verses six and seven. So I want to encourage, that's an encouraging thought, man. Get get excited about that, that literally nobody can limit your blessing, nobody. I want to finish with this thought today before we go. Nobody can limit your blessing, nobody, because blessing doesn't come from people, comes from the Lord. That's why I love when you hear these, these testimonies I've had people tell me, come into the meeting and tell me, you know, man, I, I had somebody uh, come to my house that I hadn't seen in 12 years. And the guy, the guy doesn't even like me. Like the guys never liked me. And uh, he came to my doorstep, rang the doorbell. We had a testimony like this in a meeting and, and and was still mad looking on his face. And when I came to the door, I said, I couldn't get you out of my mind. And I knew I was supposed to write this check to you. And, and then literally wrote them a check for however many thousands of dollars that they were believing for, handed it to them, and then said, I hope I never see you again. Hope this gets you out of my mind and I never see you again. And literally handed them a check that was for however many thousands of dollars and said, now I hope I never see you again and left. It's like God doesn't need people that love you to bless you. The Bible, you know, the Bible also says that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. I was preaching in New York not long ago. And if anybody from Horseheads is watching, Pastor Rhonda or Cody or Mindy or Pastor Mike, anybody from that church, I was preaching one night and I said, um, people think that if if somebody, a drug dealer gave me an offering that I wouldn't receive it because it was drug money. I said, I would blow the cocaine off the top of that stack of money, put it in my pocket and preach the gospel with it. Well, I didn't know it. That night there was an actual drug dealer in the in the service, and they knew it, and they said uh, at the end when the offering was taken, that guy took an envelope and gave an offering and put it. And put it Cody remembers, Cody's on you remember that, and the guy actually gave an offering in the offering basket. He's like, I know that dude's a drug dealer, but I'm telling you, God doesn't need, you know, God will use whatever He has to use to get you blessed. And remember this, the earth isn't Mark Zuckerberg's. The earth isn't Bill Gates. The earth is not, um, what's the dude's name there from uh, Amazon, name just slipped my mind, I was gonna use his name. It's not his. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The cattle on a thousand hills are his, the silver and the gold they are his. It belongs to God. And so whether God has to use the wicked to bless you, whether he has to use the righteous to bless you, whether he uses animals to bless you like he did for my grandparents, however he does it. You know, if he has to blow money into your leg like he did for my Uncle Tiff when he was in Russia, can you remember if he's in Russia or Germany, blew money into his leg and literally, he looks down as he's praying that God would bless him because he, he he didn't have his any more money. And the Lord blew and the wind. And he's praying with his eyes closed. And he he feels something hit his pant leg and hears the rustling, thinking it was leaves. Looks down, picks it up. Yeah, it was it was Deutsche Marks. So it must have been Germany. So picked it up, and there's all that money. They. I mean, he's looking around for somebody to give it back to that had just maybe lost their money. He's looking. No one's there to give money to. No one lost their money. So if got... If God's got to blow money into your leg, if he's got to send a corporation, if he's got to send a sinner, if he's got to send a believer, if he's got to send an animal, it doesn't matter. People aren't your source. God is your source. People are not your source. God is your source. And so don't don't get all caught up. That's why I don't put pressure. I, I don't have to put any pressure on you. You know, none. There's no pressure. When you watch these broadcasts, There is no pressure for people to give. I give you an opportunity to sow. We pray, ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you what to sow. And then you decide whether or not you'll sow. Because I'm not your your Lord. I, I don't have any ability to condemn you or bless you whether you sow or don't sow. God is your Lord. Christ is your Lord. So you understand, you answer to him, I answer to him, and then he blesses us both. And that's the powerful thing about it, is that when you're in the covenant, when you understand how God works, that the Holy Spirit can speak to you just as quickly as he can speak to me. You know, I've had people uh, that have tried to prophesy money out of my pocket. I don't give any, you know, the Holy Spirit's not just on men of God, he's on believers. He's on believers. I've had people that have tried to uh, pull me out and say, you're supposed to give this amount. I was in a service one time, they belabored an offering for a building for like ever, ever. And, you know, they're trying to tell me about what I'm supposed to give. The Holy Spirit never told me to do that. Not once. And I know the voice of the Holy Spirit. And he never spoke to me one time to do that. So, is this person my guide or is the Holy Spirit my guide? And let me tell you another thing. It's not me just saying like, well, I don't feel to do that. Because, you know, I'm not a giver. I'm a large giver. I am a very, very large giver. People would have to work hard to keep up with me in giving it every year. Hard. Hard. I'm a large giver. So it's not that I'm like one of these people that just doesn't like giving and you know, well, I don't feel to do that at this time, brother. No, I give a lot of money away, a lot. So it's not that I don't love to give, but I also give by the leading of the Holy Spirit and by faith. And I refuse, you know, maybe I'll take time tomorrow to talk about this, but I refuse to allow anyone to manipulate me out of an offering for the for the, whatever their purpose is because I understand what it does to me it puts a manipulation and a pressure on me which Paul taught you should never ever give in response to manipulation or pressure read second corinthians chapter 9 do not give in response to manipulation or pressure for god loves a cheerful giver you cannot be a cheerful giver if you're giving in response to manipulation or pressure. Amen. That's why I encourage you, like I'll do now. I'll do it right now. Watch how easy this is, boom. If you feel to sow a seed, that's what we do. You know what we're doing. You know what this ministry is doing. You know how we're reaching the world. You know how we're reaching people around the world and literally reaching people, feeding the poor, seeing miracles take place, traveling to nations seeing things take place all over the world. We're in five nations last year, gonna be in more this year. So, you know, there's no pressure, but then the Holy Spirit speaks to you and speaks to you to sow a seed. And as you sow a seed, the blessing of God comes upon your life because you're obedient to what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do. There's people that partner with us on a monthly basis, some at 1,000, some at 500, some at 300, some at 200 a month, some at 85 a month. And that's what I'm asking you to do. But watch how I ask you. I tell you to consider prayerfully doing it, to partner with this ministry. I understand that every person watching this broadcast is not going to feel led to partner with our ministry. That's okay with me. Because I know that God has people that he's set aside to stand with Carolyn and me as we take the gospel around the world and do the greatest things in 2020 that we've ever seen done and become more impactful in one year than in the history of our ministry. And that's fine. I don't have to sit here and promise you some weird uh, <laughs> theoretical blessing for every person that stands with me today at eighty-five dollars a month. There's going to be a, 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 a there's going to be a spiritual season that just jumps into your home. Things are getting ready to shift. I don't have to do any of that stuff because it's not in the Bible. You give and a harvest will come back. You sow by faith and a harvest will come back. But notice that key, you sow by faith. That right there is different for everybody. Everybody has a different level of faith and ability. So what takes faith for one person doesn't take any faith for another person. There's some people right now, if you did give $1,000, it would be a huge stretch of your faith to sow $1,000 into this ministry. Other people that are watching, if you a $1,000, it wouldn't be very hard for you because God's blessed you to that level and you're at a different level than others. So what you have to do as a believer every time you give an offering, no matter where you give it, is you have to be introspective. And I've talked this before on the broadcast. You have to ask yourself, what level has God blessed me? To what level has God blessed me? What takes faith for me to release? I can tell you right now, personally for myself and for Carolyn, You know, to release a $100 seed means uh, that doesn't take faith for us to do. To release a $1,000 seed, that doesn't take faith for us to do. So we have to ask ourselves, what kind of a seed is going to take real faith? What kind of a seed is going to take real faith, you know, to do? We knew going into 2020 that for us to sow a $10,000 seed was not going to be enough. Wasn't going to be enough for us. Because it's something we've done in multiple times in the past. And it's no longer enough because God's blessed us again. I'm just giving you an example. Not, trust me, this has nothing to do with bragging because there's people that give far more than that, that I know personally. But understand that when I sow, I have to ask myself, at what level am I going to sow to see the blessing come? And so before we got ready to sow a seed for our new year, we had to understand, what is it going to take for us to sow to see the increase we're believing for. And so we had to increase again. Every year should be more than the last for every person, for every believer. Why? Proverbs 4.18 remains true. And what does the Bible say? The path of the just is a shining light that shines ever brighter. Never stop increasing until the full light of day. So I want to pray right now for every person that's watching, Periscope, YouTube, Facebook, maybe you're listening on the podcast. I want to pray and let the Holy Spirit speak to you and lead you as to what you're to sow, and watch what God will do in your life. This is going to be a year that we're confessing violent increase, expedited favor. I but See, God's no respecter of persons. I believe the same thing that God did for the man in Atlanta, that he was able to sign a contract that tripled his income for 2020. Why wouldn't God do that for you? Explain to me why God loves him more than he loves you. He doesn't. He doesn't. God will bless you when you step out in faith the same way. God will bless you in the same way. And you'll see such increase that by the time you get to the end of this year, you'll look back and be amazed at what God did in just one year. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray you speak to every man and woman watching today on the broadcast or listening on the podcast and speak to them about what they're to sow by faith into this ministry today. And we thank you that as we sow, blessings are quickly coming back. Harvest is quickly coming back. We give you honor and praise that this will be the greatest year we've ever seen in the history of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So right there, instructions are on the screen. If you'd like to sow in Periscope or Facebook, you can use hashtag donate in the comments. Very easy to do. Or you can go to miracleword.com, sow a seed right there on the website. Or if you'd like to partner with us monthly, there's a partner page on the website that you can click and partner on a monthly basis with us. For those that like to use apps to give, the PayPal information's on the screen. And if you use Cash App, it's MWGive. That's the cash tag, MWGive. And you can sow your seed right on Cash App as well. Those of you that are listening on the podcast, you can scroll up and you can uh, click on the details of the podcast. There are links on your phone that you can click and uh, sow a seed right from your phone. And I want to say a big thank you uh, to every person that's doing that. And don't forget, this month for every person who's sowing $100 or more to partner with us, um, we're sending you this book as a gift, God's Chosen Fast uh, by Arthur Wallace. We do this not so much because uh, you know you need something to give, but I also want to bless you and add to your library as a believer because I believe in the seed of God's word and understanding Uh, what God's word teaches about certain subjects. And this is the greatest book, in my opinion, that's ever been written on the subject of fasting and prayer. And I know that this, I've had this one for years and I still read it every year and it still blesses me and I get new things out of it every single time that I read this book. And uh, so we're going to send this to you. And then for every person that sows $1,000 or more this month, and we thank you to everybody that's already done that, Um, For everyone that sows 1,000 or more this month, we're sending you a genuine leather New Living Translation of the Bible that I'm going to make out to you, as well as this book, God's Chosen Fast. So we're going to send you both of those things. And those Bibles are beautiful. Um, And they're coming in beautiful, brown, genuine leather, New Living Translation Bibles. Um, And I love the New Living Translation. I still do devotions in it. Uh, along with the ESV and the NASB. It'll be a great addition to you, and I'm going to sign it to you personally. Uh, for those of you that like to claim your gift for this month of January, God's Chosen Fast, go to MiracleWord.com forward slash offer. And we're going to be doing this every month so that nobody ever receives a duplicate gift. If it's something you already have or something you've already gotten in the past, um, then we'll give you an option in the, in the drop down. But this also helps us for those of you that give on Cash App or PayPal and would like to be receipted at the end of the year for taxes, uh, filling out this form to get your offer also helps us uh, to know your address and send you a giving statement for tax purposes um, at the end of the year as well. So we love to do that to be a blessing to you also. So a big thank you to everybody that's sewing, standing with us. I love you guys. Carolyn is going to be joining me this week as well on the broadcast And uh, we're back home in Florida. And um, so she's going to be, I'm not sure if it's going to be tomorrow, but uh, possibly Thursday and Friday. She's going to be back with us. And um, it's going to be great. I love having Carolyn on the broadcast with me. And I know you guys miss her too because I get messages all the time. When is Carolyn going to be back on? Which makes me really feel good. I really appreciate that. Um, (laughs) I love you guys so much. Thanks for hanging with me today. Uh, I'll be back again tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m., eastern time don't miss it i'm going to drop you something that the holy spirit showed me that i'd never seen before uh that's going to help you see people are always already uh getting excited pam is more excited about carolyn than she is about me and i know many people feel that way i'm not offended i'm not hurt deep inside (laughs) i love you guys al i love you guys have a blessed day and uh, i'll talk to you again in the morning and tomorrow's the final day of the fast stay strong fast pray And let's end strong. I love you guys. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.